You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tech said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hey everyone. You're all listening to another episode of I Am Your Mother. I brought you into this world and I can take you right out. Mommy, oh, no. no. Starring me, Mark Bluestein. And me, Jen Wombreader. <laughs> and I'm Mark Toriello. Oh, wow. What a great crew. Oh, my God. Wow. Same faces. That buffalo chicken wrap we just had was really good. I'm so mm. glad you liked it. You know, it's from a place called um, Rock Bar and Grill in Clifton. Oh. Do you think they'll sponsor us? No. no. Yeah, they'd be like, um, you're wish, bad for I, business. Just somebody please sponsor us. Yeah. Sponsor us. Look. How Look cute are we? Look how cute we are. Look at us. We have, we have lighting. I know. I'm so excited about this new light. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks, Maureen and Pete. Thanks, Maureen yeah. and Pete. For this donation to our... Our podcast. Yeah. And we're now on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. That's Hi. Why, that's why we have a light. Hi. I serve luck. I'm wearing the same Buffalo Bills. That's fucking. Lotion. I'm so jealous of that shirt. We're gonna both get the same shirt and wear oh it. Oh my god! Time. It says Buffalo Bills body lotion established so in 1991. That's bad. And then it says it puts the lotion on its skin or else she gets clothes again. <laughs> I love him. If you need a good episode to listen to and you haven't. Jerry Brudos, the shoes oh, slayer killer. Yeah, mm. fucking horny yeah. Brudos. That's who Buffalo Bill's based off of. Yeah, that's what they say. Before yeah. I tell you where I'm taking us tonight, my wait. question is, what is something about you that when you share it with people, it's like almost unbelievable? It depends on how uncomfortable well, I'm looking like, to make someone. I mean, a good example would be like, your niece killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, that would be one. Yeah, that would be one. Or normally I'll tell them the story of my dad's death and make everybody very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. One thing a lot of people don't believe is that I grew up in the ghetto. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that is. What about you, Jen? Oh, my God. I don't even know. That you're a womb raider. That I'm a womb raider. No, I'm trying to think of, like, a fact about me that, like, people would be like, what? Really? I don't really have anything exciting like that, like growing up in like the ghetto. Or having a killer relative that you know of. Yeah. That's okay. What horny adventure are we going on, Jen? Tonight, I am taking us to Nazi-occupied Belgium. Oh, boy. Where over 25,000 Jews were deported to Auschwitz from Belgium. Oh. Between 1942 to 1944. I'm gonna put a spotlight on a young little girl named Misha. Okay. Little Misha, she's an eight-year-old Jewish girl. Her parents were taken away by the Nazis. They were deported to Auschwitz. She was placed in the home of a Roman Catholic family who gave her the pseudonym Monique de Waal. Why does this sound familiar? The family treats her very cruelly. They verbally abuse her. They call her worthless. They just, oh. they're very degrading. Fed up with the abuse, what does Misha, a little eight-year-old, do? She decides to flee and go in search of her parents oh, by walking through the woods of Europe. That's sad. She stole food, she stole clothes and shoes. But then, when Misha is about to face starvation, she is adopted by a pack of wolves. 
Oh, oh cool. my God! More feral children. More feral children. Oh my God! I was hoping. I was hoping that she was going to be found by so, wolves. Wow. She essentially wow. kind of becomes like our girl Oksana. She treks over. 1900 miles from Belgium to the Ukraine through the Balkans and through Germany and Poland. The crazy part was the wolves walked with her along this journey and treated her as one of their own. She was essentially considered the bottom of the pack. She would have to sit there while all of the wolves ate and she was the last one to eat. Things like that. Okay. So eventually she sneaks in and out of the Warsaw ghetto in Poland because she's trying to find her parents. She's a little kid. Aww. She's sneaky. She knows how to get through. She was eight. She was fucking eight years That's, old. She's gutsy as hell. Yeah. She gets on her. a boat at one point in Italy. It goes back through Belgium and France. Before the war is over, she takes the life of a Nazi who attempts to rape her by stabbing him with a pocket knife. Cool. Like, this little girl has been through so much Good shit. for her wow. for doing that. Fucking cool. So... When the war's over, she's unfortunately never reunited with her parents. She doesn't know what happened to them, what their fate was. But all in all, she was a true survivor of the war. She was a true inspiration. So Jane Daniel, who was a publisher of a really small publishing company, came across Misha's story after hearing her tell her story at a local synagogue in Massachusetts. Pretty much signed her to write a memoir about her experiences. Okay. The book was published in 1997 with over 5,000 copies sold in the United States. Wow. What if I tell you that this entire story was a straight up lie and that <laughs> oh. Misha was full of shit? Oh my oh, God. no. I was hoping, oh. Mark no. really had high hopes for this inspirational oh, story. Man. Oh, what a turd. I know. I just got bamboozled. You yeah. did. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was very invested into this story. I know. I'm so sorry. I no, that's I okay. I silent as fuck. Listen, no. I'll tell you this right now. <laughs> There's a Netflix series on this. It literally is like the whole first episode is like tell, retelling her story, and then at the end you find out that it's like oh. not real at all. Oh my it's like god! Three or four episodes long, straight up lie, right? Yeah. Like there are many things and different stories that you can share about your life, but like, would you ever really want to go there with the Holocaust and like? Yeah, I mean that's like up there with lying about like having a serious illness, like. That's pretty yeah. fucked. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry to burst my bubble. Burst Aww. your little Misha and the wolves yeah. bubble. Aww. Well, those wolves. Maybe they did this with somebody else. Or the wolves are lying. There's a lot of chatter amongst other publishers and Holocaust scholars stating that her story was completely false and that the events that happened in her story are like pretty much like almost impossible. Oh, boy. Experts and scholars began to do a deep dive into Misha's history. Like, who the fuck was she? Yeah. Like, why did this person appear with this insane story? Before this happened, her story was optioned for a Walt Disney Company film. Oh, God, stop it. They wound up dropping the project due to legal issues between Misha and the publisher of the book, Jane Daniel. Misha goes and files a lawsuit against Jane Daniel, stating that she failed to publish the book properly in the United States 
and failed to give her the author proper share of royalties overseas. So in 2001, a jury awarded Misha over $10 million. Stop it. A judge's decision later tripled the amount oh. that Daniel was required to pay to over $32 million, with $22.5 million to go to Misha and $11 million to Lee. Okay. And the rights to the book were also awarded to Misha. Damn. She had a good lawyer. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. Uh, and as she begins to tour, so Misha's now touring across Europe to promote a film that was being produced in France on this story. Jane Daniels and her small publishing company are, like, essentially in shambles. Okay. So here's this woman who is claiming that she's a Holocaust survivor, that she was raised by wolves, that she killed a Nazi, that she snuck in and out of the camps, is, like, sitting on all of this money. Yeah. Sucking this poor woman dry and pretty much, like, shutting down her company. So what happens next is Jane Daniel, like, furious. is like, there's something that is not right that's going on here. She gets other publishers and people to start kind of teaming together to kind of go and figure out who she is. Okay. We've come to learn with this intensive research, intensive searching, Misha was actually born Monique Dewal. Oh. If you remember from the beginning of the story... When she went to the Catholic family, mm-hmm. they named her Monique Dewal. Oh, boy. The other crazy part about this Monique Dewal who was born, she was the daughter of a Catholic family. She was yeah. born into a Catholic family. Wow. She wasn't Jewish. Oh she was my. a lion. You was a lion, Dewal. She's a lion. Dewal yeah. lion. Her parents were actually arrested by the Nazis and deported. So that was real. But they were murdered by the Nazis for being resistance members. So, like, fighting against the Nazi party. Which, like, that in itself, like, those stories are also really powerful. Yeah, of course. So after they were arrested, she was sent to live with her grandparents, then her uncle, which was semi-true mm-hmm. in her story. Um, in the local community, she was known as the daughter of the traitor... Because her father was accused of disclosing the names of resistance members to the Nazis during his imprisonment. While he was in prison, he pretty much ratted everybody else out. Mm. Okay. After Belgium was liberated, her father's name was actually erased from a stone plaque in honor of the local Nazi victim employees from that area. Yeah. So because he was a little traitor, they got taken off. This Monique DeWall. Yeah, DeWall. She marries Maurice DeFonesca. Oh, DeFonesca. They moved to the United States from Paris in 1988. They bought a house in Massachusetts. He was unemployed for a while. That's when she began to fantasize this vivid story about her childhood. Okay. Including having wandered across Europe at the age of six after her parents were deported in 1941, being sheltered by a friendly pack of wolves, killing a German soldier, sneaking in and out of the ghettos and trying to find her way home. She's fantasizing this all in her head. I don't think she's getting the American dream that she thought she was going to get. Now, on February 19th, 2008, Monique DeFonesca. She's going from Misha to Monique DeWald. To, to Monique DeFonesca. De She's got a lot she of names. She admits to this magazine in France that's a fabricated tale. But to quote her, she states, 
The book is a story. It's my story. It's not the true reality, but it is my reality. Oh. There are times when I find it difficult to differentiate between reality and my inner world. Oh. And that she always wanted to forget her real name and who she was because she had been known as the traitor's daughter. Oh, oh shit. So there was a motive. Yeah. So there was a fucking motive behind it all. But I'm like, listen, like I said earlier, you can fabricate any story. Yeah. You're really going to put the Holocaust. Like, like you I said, know. it's just like. It's really such a specific choice. It's that very you would... specific, but it's also too like. You were saying it's up there with, you know, saying that you have a terminal illness when you really don't. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's that woman that pretended to be in uh, 9-11. She pretended to yeah. be a survivor. She's another one. Well, there was a comedian, I forget his name, but there was a story that he, like, came out with that, like, he was a survivor in 9-11. Like, he was working in the Twin Towers. Oh, boy. And then, like, years later, it came out that that never actually really happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. People do crazy things. People do crazy things. They'll come up with these crazy fucking backstories to get what they want. Like, I remember you were telling me, Mark, like, perfect example. I remember when you were saying, like, you auditioned for Project Runway. Yeah. But they didn't, like, take you because you weren't your typical, like, stereotypical, like, New Jersey Guido. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. They approached me. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, shows like that, you need the story. Yeah. yeah. Well, they wanted... They, they want a character. They were like, oh, you're a New Jersey-based fashion designer. We want someone to represent New Jersey. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I went through the whole process, got all the way to the end, and they were like, no, you're just not New Jersey enough. Yeah. Try so harder next I time, hon. That's what they say didn't about get a lot on. of... Like, a lot of those types of things like you need the story you could be the best singer you could be the most talented fashion yeah. designer but like if you don't have the story forget it but no, like i grew up, like i had but like i had a story but i guess it wasn't the one they were looking for they wanted to be jersey yeah as i'm wearing this like tacky print well we love we love prints in jersey we, we love, love prints we do we, we love, love animal prints we love animals we love them all but we love baroque Masachi threw up yeah we like all the medallions, yeah. the but, Mediterranean yeah. style. So there is a Netflix series, Misha and the Wolves. Fucking Misha, fucking lion ass bitch. But like the thing is, it's like, this is like this. I gave you the journey in like 15 minutes. Yeah. They like take you on the journey for three episodes. Yeah. And I mean, this is honestly a story in my, in, in my humble opinion that doesn't need four episodes. Oh God, like, no. It's interesting because the people in the documentary who knew her and were friends with her from like her small town in Massachusetts were like so disgusted. Yeah. That like. I've been there. She. That they believed this story and they became friends with her. Yeah. While we're on the topic of people faking shit, that's terrible. I had a co-worker in the past and she faked having cancer. Yeah. That's fucking pretty deplorable. She did not have cancer. That's really fucked up. And aside from that, that, she not only faked cancer, but she created a GoFundMe. Oh, yeah. How many people like don't a lot? To she it. got like I think thir- like 13, 14 grand, and Stop. and she got and a boob job. She got a boob job, and the, the funny thing is, is that I out of like the team I was with at the time, I was the only person that did not put money into the GoFundMe, yeah. and that became a problem. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not putting money into her GoFundMe. She doesn't have cancer. Yeah. 
And she didn't. No, she didn't. She had her breasts removed because they said that she had a high probability of possibly in the future, later down the okay. line, getting it. But she didn't actually but have she it. Was it was telling, a preventative. But she was telling people that had cancer that she had cancer. Okay. Yeah. But she didn't actually have it. They said the potential really... is higher for you. And I could definitely fabricate a bunch of stories, but like, yeah, any like natural disaster or like man made like man made disaster, yeah. or even terminal illness, those are things that are just off the table. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jen, that was a fantastic episode. Oh, yeah. We have themes here, I've noticed. Operating type things. uh, People raised by animals, but who lie. But who fucking lie. But then who are actually raised by animals. We have great disasters like Titanic, Violet Jessup. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So much Titanic. uh, Our obsessions. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a good topic for our obsession. I know I was thinking about your topic. I kind of sympathize with this liar because I feel that (laughs) Mark's always the he's the hot button. No no no, okay. I sympathize with this liar. She shouldn't have lied, but the thing is is that she grew up with this like you're the daughter of a traitor. Yes. And that's not her fault. No. No, it's not her fault, but like But I get it. I don't know. Like you have millions of people who are still alive who have like been affected by the war so heavily and like families who have been like white like wiped out and you have like people who were separated by their families and well, here's here, here's my hot take, okay? What's your hot take? Yeah, I feel like she probably felt like she was robbed. And I mean, for a few reasons, right? So it's like, okay, so she wasn't actually in the war, but her parents were, and they were doing a great thing, right? They were in the resistance against the Nazis, yeah. right? So that's cool as fuck. So they were doing this thing, and like all would have been well and good, kind of, if like, you know, things turned out differently, I guess, and if they had survived. So her parents were doing this good thing. She was wasn't there for it and then ultimately while doing this good thing the parents or the dad had to give up this information that's true so it's kind of like this weird thing where she's like well damn i had the potential to have a really good book selling story and i didn't and i didn't fucking get it and instead people look at me like there's something wrong with me and i did something so there's a lot of like mental anguish there, I'm sure. I'm sure. And like I but said, it's still too, not correct. The fact that like her and her husband <laughs> moved here, he was unemployed. Like it didn't seem like it was like the grand American life that everybody like again fantasizes in their head. Yeah. And people also do a lot of these things too for the attention, or she probably figured she would get positive attention for once in her life. Like, oh my god, you're a survivor. You did these crazy things, once again, not the route you should take, most likely. No. But, you know, there's a lot of, I think, complexities within this. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That is a very hot take. Both of you have some really good hot takes. Thank you. You gave us good content to have hot takes from, so that's fantastic. And if you want more of these hot cake takes. You can always come message us on Instagram. Yeah, slide slide into our our DMs. DMs. Yeah. Bizarre Buffet. Yeah, or Facebook DMs, which is just Facebook message. 
or on patreon.com slash bizarre buffet you can slide in there too and support us cuties and what do you get every month so patreon mark so on patreon for like the three dollar level you get a lot of stuff you get deleted content you get to see pretty much whatever we post on Patreon for the most part, with a few exclusions, like for the $10 tier. That's when you get the other elements, like video messages, shout-outs. Right. Uh, you get the three drawings, blindfolded. Yeah. Oh, like, there's a lot of things that um, we have going on there. So make sure to check us out. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a heart review, I think, on Spotify. I will, yes, you can. Right? We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube. Hi. Hey. Hi. It's some of uh, you are watching. Uh, 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 some of uh, you are uh, listening. Yeah. Or some of you are both. With that being said, I'm Oksana Malaya. And I am a wolf. Oh, oh, Mark does a good one. There you go. There you go. Mark, do it again for everybody. And I'm Sir Howls a lot. Sir Howls. Oh. Don't lie about being in the Holocaust.